What's up, friends? Welcome to That's Not It podcast, where we talk all things health and well-being, fitness, business, and everything in between. I'm your host and naturopath, Jade McNeil. On today's episode, we are going to talk all things conception, which is very exciting because I think it's a space that us as women never get taught, really. Um, so a lot of us in our twenties, even early thirties have not much idea, not much idea. (laughs) I don't really know where I was going with that. (laughs) Not much of an idea of how to optimize our fertility. So this episode's all going to be about how like a naturopathic approach to preparing your body to preconception. All right. Stick around and listen up, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, welcome, friends. Welcome. Now, where to start? I'm, again, very rogue. Baby's down asleep. I thought... Girl, you better jump in there real quick and smash out a podcast. So let's see how we go. Um, I suppose the first thing maybe to start with is our cycles. Let's talk a little bit about our cycles. Um, Because throughout my time in clinic so far, I would say more than half of the women I see when we start talking about their cycle and I ask them about what's your cycle like, they think that I am just mean the bleed. So let's, let's clear that up. When we're referring to the female cycle, that is referring to the whole month long cycle. (laughs) And so day one, of your cycle is the first day of the heavy bleed. So not the day before when you start to get that little like brownish light red spotting. It's the day, the first day of the proper full bleed. That's day one of the cycle. And then the last day of your cycle is then the day before the next period bleed. Okay. And typically you read online and in textbooks, this whole, it needs to be 28 days. That's not the case at all. Um, I, I'm not quite sure. I think it's just an oversimplified kind of judgment or estimate of women just to, I suppose, because it would be too difficult to really pinpoint like and cater to everyone's cycles. But, I mean, there is a threshold, I would say. So anywhere between 26 days to about 32, 33, even in some cases 35 days, but that's starting to get a bit up there. Anything less or higher than that, I would be curious about. And if if a client of mine had a cycle that was quite long or short, um, that definitely warrants investigation. However, for example, my cycle was 32 days and that was my normal. Every single month it was 32 days bang on. So I wasn't concerned with that. And then also when we're looking and talking about cycles, 
it needs to fit a symptom picture. So if you just have a, a long or a short-ish cycle and there's nothing else going on for you in your reproductive system, then perhaps it may not be any area of concern, but just something to be mindful of. Then there's the ladies who have different cycles lengths each month. That is a red flag. That is something that we need to investigate as to why, because that shouldn't be happening. We really do need to have a consistent uh, pattern, I suppose, every single month. If you're someone who has no idea and you're not in tune with your cycle at all, I would definitely recommend getting one of the apps, the Clue apps or the Flow app. I think I liked Flow. Oh, was it Flow? No, Clue. Oh, one, of, one of them. There's, there's plenty around. Uh, I know some naturopaths aren't really privy to them. I don't mind them. I think that they're a pretty good indicator. They're not a diagnostic tool, but they're pretty good, I'd say. And the more that you use them, the more accurate they become. So uh, I really like using them. Uh, So yeah, for any of my girlies out there who have got no idea what their cycle's like, uh, definitely start tracking that because you will notice it'll be a lot easier to you look on the calendar and you can go oh wow like that period was only three days and that cycle was 40 days like it's it's definitely um, very helpful when you come and see a naturopath because we always ask what the health of your period is like because because it tells us so much information from that Knowing your cycle length consistently. So if you track this over three months, for example, always minimum three months with anything reproductive. And the reason is because that is how long it takes a cycle for an egg to mature, to be released and continue that process. So what you do today, you will likely not see the full effects of that and and changes of that until three periods down the track so it's quite a long process um but anyway so we would be tracking the period for three months and if you're someone who's regular and you got really good at tracking it we would then have a really good indication of when you're ovulating now the key obviously the key to pregnancy and preconception is you have to know when you're ovulating you can't just willy-nilly it and and have sex any day of the week at any point of the month and think that you're going to get pregnant. That's not the case. In fact, women can only get pregnant roughly around five days of any month. And that is typically because sperm can live in the vaginal canal for up to five days. However, when that egg is released... You only have about 12 to 24 hours, if that, for that sperm to reach that egg. So the way that I look at it is for a female, you've only got really that 12 to 24 hours um, unless you've got that sperm waiting in the in the birth canal. So you know, it's really important to know and get as close to pinpointing when you are ovulating and then making sure that you're having sex every single day leading up to before and after for your best chance of conception. Other ways of checking for ovulation there, I I believe, I know you can get those little ovulation sticks from Woolies. 
or Coles or the chemist or whatever. I personally haven't used them. I, I have had clients use them in the past um, who is reckons they're fairly accurate. So that could be something that you could consider. And then the other thing we I would always check that's a really good diagnostic tool is basal metabolic temperature tracking. It can be a bit of a process in the way of it's just forming that habit, but it can, if done properly and accurately, it can give us a really good insight into whether or not you're actually ovulating and when. Um, Because as well, just quickly, just because you have your period every month and your bleed does not mean that you have ovulated. Okay, so that's I think that's a really important point to remember. We can't assume that you're ovulating. There are signs and symptoms that point us toward what we call as an anovulatory. Anovulatory? Is that a word? Pretty sure it is. Anovulatory. That sounds really weird. Basically, there's signs and symptoms that indicate that you aren't ovulating. One of the most common... um, markers for anovulation is low progesterone because we need progesterone to ovulate but then we need to ovulate to make progesterone which I know is a bit of a catch-22 but that is how the human body works for you there is many systems within our body that is like a big circle um other things other signs that we might see if you're not ovulating is also mid-cycle spotting that can be a uh, sign also with the basal temperature tracking low basal temperature and then not seeing the spike so ideally I'll just explain what that is so again tracking for around those three months having a digital thermometer next to your bedside table and the second you wake up in the morning before you sit up look at your phone even talk literally as soon as you are like you know up and awake reach over grab that thermometer put it in your mouth check your temperature and we're going to do that every single day ideally it's good to start that on the first day of your cycle and remember that's the first day of your bleed and then we're continuing that every single morning hopefully at the same time that's also a good um uh point as well like it, it really needs to be the same time every morning and then also factors that can include it uh not include it factors that can interrupt like a a good accurate reading is like if you've had a poor sleep nightmares alcohol especially uh, or less than five hours sleep so but these are things that you would just note down in your phone Okay, so every morning, same time, you open your eyes before you even sit up in bed, like you're still laying down at this point. You haven't even rolled over to kiss your partner good morning. Nothing, right? Nothing. Uh, pop the temperature in, put the thermometer in, get your, get your temperature and record that for the next 90 days, ideally. What we should see is a small dip in temperature, about those one to two days or even 24 hours before ovulation, which is typically in the middle of your cycle. Okay, so again, we read online that it's around that day 14, but that depends. That's just based off a 28-day cycle. It's literally just cut in half. So for me, for example, with my 32-day cycle, my ovulation was day 19. So it's different for everyone. Um, but I did, this is why why we t- do these tests and these temperature trackings because it – 
we see what's going on for you. So we see a little bit uh, of a dip and then it should immediately spike up quite high your temperature in the days preceding, um, which would indicate ovulation. Coupled with that, tracking your fertile mucus is also a good way. So you'll see throughout your cycle, we'll have like a slippery wet type of uh, mucus discharge. Then it might turn into a bit of a creamy white discharge. And then during ovulation, it turns into a really sticky uh, egg white type of um, mucus. Like if you put it between your fingers, it would be quite stretchy. And it's really cool. The whole purpose between our vaginal mucus is to assist the sperm in traveling up to meet the egg, which I just think is so cool. Um, so yeah, so that's just a little brief snapshot into period health. As women, I think we've been, I don't know how it's happened and I don't really have any explanation as to how I you know, have formed this opinion, I suppose, but it just feels like somewhere along the line, we were so removed from our periods and it's been turned into this like disgusting um, inconvenience. And I'm not too sure how that's come about. And it's really unfortunate because, you know, us, we go through, I think, especially with teenagers and going through high school, you're not taught to honor your cycle. And I think that's a huge deal. Your cycle is when you, when you really look at it is pretty much one of the most beautiful things on this planet, in my opinion, because you're literally, it's whole entire purpose is in alignment with your body to then have children, have babies, procreate, bring life into this world which is just crazy and um, our periods have been known to be like synced up the different phases of our menstrual cycle coincides with the different cycles of the moon so getting familiar with how you feel in alignment with what stage you're at with your cycle is very empowering and I encourage any female to do that. Now, of course, that's hard for my girlies out there who have got like endometriosis or PMS or PCOS or PMDD, all of those reproductive cycle um conditions. Of course, you're not really going to want to get to know your period because you're in fucking pain, really chronic pain. And I get that. Now, this podcast isn't about that. However, I just want to mention if that is you and you fall into that category, there is so much that natural medicine can do for you that Western medicine can't. And I would strongly encourage you to book in with a naturopath to get you feeling a lot better when it comes to experiencing your your monthly periods and um yeah I just I always see online like comments of these women really struggling and their quality of life is so low because they have these debilitating periods and they think that there's nothing that they can do for themselves but there absolutely is uh but anyway I'll leave that there that's another podcast I actually do have another podcast on PCOS you can go and check that out oh did I did I anyway I think I do Okay, so I just had to take a brief break to feed my baby. 
So I'm back. So moving on. So let's talk about diet, diet and nutrition and blood work. Now, for those that are thinking about wanting to like plan for to conceive, start having a baby. The first thing that I would recommend if you're coming to see me is go to your GP, let them know that you're going to start trying for a baby and ask to have one of those prenatal blood screenings done. They're really good. Well, I mean, they could always be better, let's be honest, but they're pretty thorough. Uh, they would test all of your basic bloods. They should test hopefully like definitely your iron studies and a full blood count, your B12, your vitamin D, thyroid, T, uh, TSH, T3 and T4 was always would be a good one. They also test for any of the, to make sure you've got the antibodies for, um, like MMR, like rubella, measles, stuff like that. They're old childhood vaccines that we all got. Um, uh, what else do they test for? Sexually transmitted infections, um, hepatitis, things like that. So it's pretty comprehensive um, and it gives us a good indication of where you're starting. So really we need you to enter pregnancy with the best in the best shape that we can possibly get you in now anything preconception in naturopathic terms minimum three months you have to give yourself minimum three months in order to optimize everything to the best that you can and that's because like I said before the female like egg maturation cycle runs on that hundred day cycle um the longer the better of course though right so get one of those blood tests. We also want to make sure that you are entering pregnancy with adequate iron levels because by your third trimester, what should happen is that your ferritin stores, which is your stored iron, which only equates to about 30% of your whole entire body's iron, um, will be depleted. And contrary, contrary, on the contrary <laughs> how, how the heck do you say that word contrary whatever I could edit that out but I'm gonna leave it in there just for the bands because we're all human here um I'm gonna replace that word with I actually don't know what I'm trying to say is in mainstream Western medicine, they treat low iron as a medical emergency. Oh my God, you have to get an iron infusion. You have no ferritin, blah, 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 which iron can be very tricky. Iron is quite a complex mineral in my opinion. It just behaves quite differently to any other vitamin and mineral in the body, Um and there's a lot of things that you have to factor in with your iron status. Um, and yeah, so just bear that in mind. But what I'm trying to say is if your ferritin levels drop, which they will because they're meant to, that is basic human physiology when growing a human inside of you. I do not believe that every single woman going through pregnancy who has low, low iron 
is that's is a coincidence and it, and it happens but it shouldn't there's no freaking way that we've evolved that way it happens on purpose there is a reason why your body takes your stored iron to give to the baby but it leaves you with adequate <laughs> adequate iron hemoglobin so uh but that of course only is relevant if you enter pregnancy with good stores and good blood levels of iron. That would be a different, I would be saying something very different if you are someone who went into pregnancy with really low stores. That's not a good thing because we need to we need to have you built up ready for that second and third trimester. And your third trimester, they will plummet. And there is plenty of research that says that actually, if your ferritin stores don't drop below 40, that it's actually been linked to poorer birth outcomes and premature birth than those with the mothers whose ferritin did drop. So having too much iron towards the end of your pregnancy is actually can do more harm than good. So we need to see a good drop. The best thing, in my opinion, that you can take to support you preconception during and post is beef liver capsules. Even if you are plant-based, I still strongly believe that just for nine months of your life or maybe a little bit after, (laughs) you should definitely put your morals aside. (laughs) I wish I was joking, but that's how I feel. Obviously, everyone, I, I have plenty of friends that are plant-based that was that would never entertain that idea, but that's okay. That's why we have other iron supplements. But beef liver, we're meant to eat organ meats. And beef liver in particular is incredible because it has all of the other cofactors that you need for iron absorption, transport, and utilization. Now, everyone always knows about the old vitamin C and iron, when in fact it's so much more than that. We need magnesium, zinc, vitamin A and copper and also a little bit of B12. But those um, minerals and vitamins are all found within beef liver. So anyway, that was a little bit of a sidetrack. But iron is a must. If you are someone who eats and makes poor dietary choices, I'm talking foods that come out of packets, foods full of processed um, seed oils, sugars, food colorings, preservatives, basically anything that comes out of a packet. You want to you want to really do your best to minimize those foods if not completely eliminate them. And the I know that can be overwhelming to some people but honestly if you look at a food and you can't tell what that food was before it ended up in that packet don't eat it if you go to a supermarket and you're not shopping from the outskirts of the supermarket chances are you're eating shit food we want a whole food based diet homemade where we can it does take a little bit of, bit of effort I will admit but it's just it's it's again like forming a bit of a habit and being organized and preparing and it's not like you're not doing it just for the sake of doing it you're doing it 
literally for the health of your your baby and yourself too because you will have a much better time pregnancy during pregnancy and postpartum if you treat your body like a damn temple okay you hearing what i'm saying okay so looking at diet also cut down on if you're a massive coffee drinker cut down in oh gosh apologies for the my brain and my words are not coming out properly getting a bit ahead of myself other things that we want to look at in the diet is coffee intake if you're someone who has multiple cups a day I would be greatly reducing those and if that thought frightens you then perhaps I would suggest having one to two coffees before 12 o'clock nothing after 12 o'clock if you absolutely need something I would then go a decaf uh some people have their opinions on decaf that it's, you know, because it's quite, it's processed. It's not a natural state of the coffee bean, um, that it's worse than coffee. And I'm on the fence. I, I can see that. I, and I do, I do agree. But in saying that, uh, I don't know, you got to pick your poison and that's a tough one, but it's a good option. Um, things like V's energy drinks, it's got to go, Dal. Soft drinks, it's got to go. Alcohol, it's got to go. Especially if you're someone who is, is struggling with conceiving. If you've been trying to conceive for months and you haven't looked at a complete diet overhaul and removing alcohol from your diet or your lifestyle rather, um, I would absolutely strongly suggest that you do that. And also, just while I'm this popped into my brain, everything that I mentioned in this podcast goes for both men and women. Okay, like th- this isn't just a female's responsibility. Four out of ten couples that have problems with infertility is from the men. Okay, so that's a 40% chance that you're not conceiving, not because of all the work that you're doing. And I'm saying you're because I know that other than my future hubby, there's no other men listening to this podcast. It's all women, which is fine. But uh, that's why I'm referring to you and your as us females. Um, But the men have got to do the work too. And they have to do the work. And I don't care how healthy they think they are. If you are bending over backwards to do everything that you can to try and conceive a baby, your husband, your partner, your boyfriend, whatever, they need to be doing the same. Okay? So everything that I mention in this podcast is applicable to the men because they are half of this situation. (laughs) Takes two to tango. Um... Okay, and so that goes for them too. You know, whilst I'm on this topic, they need to get a blood test. And if this if this goes on for months and months and months and you're still having trouble conceiving, they need to get their sperm checked. It's no secret how the quality of sperm has significantly declined. I think I was reading a study of the day and you have to forgive me because I cannot remember of what year they started the study from, but 
basically it concluded that sperm count and quality had reduced by 62 percent and i think i want to say it was from the 80s or the 90s i think it was the 90s but again sorry that is a very rogue research study and probably not not very well accepted um but i definitely remember that it was a 62 percent and there is uh many a podcasts on this many a research and it's yeah definitely no secret how much um that impacts is impacting fertility which leads me i guess into a good segue um as to why that's happened because it's both appropriate for both men and women and it's environment environment is one of the biggest underrated areas of infertility and preconception work in my opinion And what I mean by environment is there are so many things in our day-to-day lives that are directly impacting the quality of our hormonal health and reproductive health. And what I mean by that is things like um, what we do for our jobs. Let's start there. Hairdressers. That's a big one because they're constantly exposed to the chemicals from like the hair dyes and the products and, and whatnot and touching people's hair and, and all of that. Um, any like landscapers, gardeners, anyone that's dealing with chemicals on a daily basis that you probably wouldn't even think of, even like in the building industry as well, always touching like treated wood or um, painters, uh, beauty therapists, like it's things that you don't think about but they are all of these chemicals that are um, phthalates and parabens and um, synthetic fragrances everything like that is all having a direct impact on our hormonal status and the health of our eggs and our sperm Um, things like uh, the perfumes women and men but particularly women as well going to town every single day on the perfumes and we spray them directly on our thyroid which is having a huge impact on our thyroid health which then affects our ovulation Uh, in addition to that things like um, gel and acrylic nails the nail varnish itself makeups skin products moisturizers and then we get down to clothing and I like I know I don't want to sound like everything is killing us but you have to pick your poison and why I'm bringing this up is we can make small changes every so often right um that might look like well first let me go back to the clothes the clothing as well is we need to make sure that we're purchasing ethically made products would be a great start which I know is very difficult, especially when we're bombarded with um, ginormous fast fashion companies that are, let's be honest, all owned by the same freaking company anyway. But sticking to natural fibers like linens, cottons, uh, I think lyocell, uh, silks, and staying away from nylons, polyester the plastic they're literally made out of plastic and petrochemicals and we're putting them directly onto our skin and just remember your skin is a living breathing organ 
yes, it's a bit of a protective barrier, but what we put on our skin is absorbed straight into our bodies. Okay, so constantly wearing day in, day out, nylon fabrics, plastic fabrics, petrochemical fabrics, it's it's um, detrimental to our hormone health. Uh, underwear, right? Females and males, you need to be wearing underwear that are bamboo or cotton Um, and also if you can organic would be really nice this all sounds like a lot to make changes with but we all know at one point your foundation's going to run out your moisturizer is going to run out your shampoo is going to run out you might be due for a new water bottle or a Tupperware container. So when these moments arise, that's when you can make these small changes. You don't have to go out and throw everything out at, at once and then go and restock. Um, but just be mindful of, oh, okay, it's time to get a new shampoo. I'm going to try and get one without the phthalates and the parabens and the synthetic fragrance and opt for that more natural one why I mentioned the things with the drink bottles and the Tupperware is plastics, especially heating plastics. Okay, so all of these environmental triggers, you best believe are having a significant impact on our hormonal health, our egg quality, our sperm health, the way that our bodies function, our preconception. Okay, so um, if you come to me, and we're working on your preconception, these are the things that we will be looking at. It's necessary to look at them. Okay, Uh, moving on to, what else did I have next? Sleep and stress. Now, as important as I think environmental triggers are and diet, I think I'd almost go as far as saying that sleep and stress are number one priority. Because you can do all of the things, you can get rid of all of the toxic environment and live that low-tox lifestyle, you can eat all clean, organic produce, you can get your prenatals, you can do all of the things, but if you are not sleeping right and you have chronic stress or unmanaged stressed stress, sorry, I think your chances of conception would be lower than if you were just to continue eating all of those horrible foods and packaged foods and because if you think about it we often refer to stress when we talk about stress we often refer to back in the caveman days okay and for our body to birth a baby and even be feeling safe to conceive a baby it needs to be in an environment that the body feels relaxed and safe okay we need to know there's not a big giant tiger about to come and launch out at us and kill us and take the baby or whatever you know like you have to feel safe and calm and when you are stressed your body is running at that fight or flight mode we have that sympathetic dominance which has a whole host of effects with the whole body that makes sense a whole host of effects the whole body sorry you know what I mean Um, and part of that is it will just shut down it will suppress ovulation because internally it's like whoa okay we are not in a safe environment this is not the time to procreate absolutely not we're not doing that we're not using all of our energy and resources in 
bringing a baby to life, we're going to shut it all down to protect you. So my honeys, if you are doing all the things and you are stressed, oh, got a sneeze, hold up. Okay, I'm back. Um, you need to work on that. You absolutely need to work on that. And same with the sleep. You want to be at least getting eight to nine hours. Anything less, I'm sorry, but it's not good enough. <laughs> okay. And so if, if you're someone who really struggles getting to sleep, you need to get on top of that. You need to come and see an naturopath. We need to figure out what it is that's going on for you. That can be a whole host of reasons. I'm going to, I'm not even going to go into it in this podcast because I'll be rambling for ages, but sleep and stress. Okay. Get on top of it. Sort it out. Uh, obviously it goes without saying that any drug use or alcohol, which I've already touched on and cigarette smoking and vaping, it needs to go. I've heard many a times from clients that they struggle to quit any of those things and it's they often say I need to fall pregnant first before I can quit I'm like yep okay but the problem is you're probably not going to fall pregnant so and I'm like that's there's always an exception to rule there's also anyone that's listening to this will definitely know someone who's done all of those things smoked drugs alcohol whatnot and still conceived easily in fact they probably didn't even know they were pregnant for a month or two and they still continue to do all those things and their baby's absolutely fine yep maybe but we're talking here to optimize really healthy body systems to give the best nutrition and best start in life for your baby I'm not going to entertain that excuse. I'm sorry, but I'm not. If you come to me and you want preconception health and you are not prepared on that day to give up alcohol, cigarettes or drugs, that's not good enough. And I I will not sit there across from you and be like, okay, that's fine. We can try something else then. I'm sorry. No. (laughs) I think a bit of tough love in that situation is definitely warranted. It's got to go, doll. It's got to go. Right. What else do we need to talk about here? We'll touch on lifestyle, um, exercise or movement of something. If you're not someone who enjoys exercising, you need to find something I need you need to do a walk at least if you have a dog that you have sitting at home that you never walk guess what that dog's going to start loving you even more because you're going to start walking it or um, swimming or even if you go to the sauna do something to get your body moving and the lymph moving and those those toxins out of the system Um, if you're someone who is overweight as well I would definitely commit yourself to losing some uh, of the weight prior to your preconception that would be part of the preconception plan okay and this is because we know that being overweight has like a, a relative risk of ovulatory infertility okay and so what that is saying is that if you are over a certain BMI 
um, you are at more risk of pretty much not ovulating really and not conceiving. Okay, not to mention that it also comes with the risk of things like um, gestational diabetes or even type 2 diabetes, um, things like preeclampsia, um, what else have we got, like possibly thyroid issues, uh, blood sugar, things like that. So we need to make sure that if you are overweight or obese, that will be part of your preconception plan. Now, I guess, oh no, I was going to touch on the window of fertility, but I've already mentioned that. Remember that we've only got those few days a month to conceive. Okay, so we need to be optimizing those few uh, days either side of ovulation. I'll briefly touch on prenatals. I think prenatals are a really good idea. I don't have any qualms about them. I think some naturopaths are like sitting on the fence with them. I personally really like them. It just comes down to the quality and what's in them. So I would recommend always a practitioner brand of uh, a prenatal. My number one go-to that I'm loving at the moment is a brand called Naturo Best. I'm pretty sure they're Australian. You can just buy them online. You can also buy them through me. Um, but what I like about them is they are formulated by a naturopath. But what she's done is each uh, trimester you're in and also for preconception, the formula is slightly different. And I love that because your body needs different things, different ratios of vitamins and minerals depending on what trimester you're at. So I love that concept. So I would absolutely recommend Naturo Best as my number one. You can get a preconception um, formula for both men and women as well, which I also love uh, because there's different things that we need for in different forms and quantities for like sperm motility, for example, as opposed to like egg health. So yeah, that's really cool. Uh, my second, a couple of other recommendations. My second one would be probably uh, Eagle. The brand is called Eagle. It's called Tressos Natal. And then after that, I'd say Orthoplex, which is pure natal, um, which are all like, except for the Natural Best, those last two are practitioner brands. So you'd need to just get that over the counter from a health food shop, like a Flannery's or something, somewhere that has naturopaths dispensing, dis- dispensing, sorry, um, those practitioner products I would absolutely stay from any prenatal that you can get from like Woolies or even pharmacy brands definitely not the one that starts with an e and ends in it that every gp on this planet recommends it's just got poor quality uh, nutrients in it and I'm pretty sure from memory they have like the synthetic form of folate or they have too much of folate folic acid my memory is escaping me right now uh however avoid those you want the um practitioner brands that have proper the like the not the not they don't have the synthetic folate in them uh also that just reminds me if you're someone who needs to find a prenatal that doesn't have iron in them a lot of them won't have more than nine micrograms in it anyway um, because they can't but there are some formulas that don't have any iron in them at all and a lot of women do prefer that and uh, bioceuticals has that one it's called innatal and it's an iron-free formula 
So there's plenty of options there. I would definitely recommend taking them. You know, I started taking a preconception multivitamin like a year out. Well, I didn't even really know when I was going to conceive, but I just was like, well, it's not going to harm me. Um, And the longer that I have to repair, the better. Okay, so we've covered diet, we've covered caffeine, we've covered smoking, alcohol, drugs, we've covered stress, sleep, um, BMI, key nutrients. I think we've kind of covered a little bit of everything. Again, basic guide, okay? It's it's this it's so individual that you can't go too in depth in these types of topics, in my opinion, anyway. Um, but it's just to give you a good indication of what preconception care looks like. My other recommendation is get a practitioner to help you because it's it can be very overwhelming and there's so much information out there that it's really difficult to wrap your head around some like concepts or information or even between naturopaths, I will admit, you might see one naturopath and they have a slightly different opinion or view on a certain topic than another naturopath does. But the point is, find your person that you want on your side to help you go through this transition. You don't need to do it all on your own. This is what we are here for. We're trained for it. We love it. I love it. I think there's nothing more special than helping someone fall pregnant. Like, oh my God, that is just incredible. So I'm going to, I think, leave this here. Um, If I've missed anything, if something doesn't quite make sense, because like I said, I'm a bit rogue. I had no notes today. I'm kind of just going for it. Um, Have any questions, reach out. Come and um, join the community over on my Instagram. It's called Pure Wellness Naturopathy. I do consultations Australia-wide online or I am practicing out of Burley on the Gold Coast face-to-face. If you need help with your preconception, if you are already pregnant and want some extra help, if you're postpartum and need some extra help with getting back on track, you're feeling rubbish or you're feeling whatever, um, send me a message. Come and have a chat. Let's work together. Okay, so I'm going to leave that there. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, please like it, follow it, do all the things that um, it really helps get some exposure to my podcast and get things going. So love you guys and I'll catch you on the next episode. Bye.